Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Cad Napsuck, and this is Star Wars Ranked. Me and a guest ranking things in Star Wars. It doesn't get any better than that. And we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash Center to try out a free book like Shadowfall by Alexander Freed. 
on us. Support the show. In the process, we have a very, very special guest. You might know him from his recent success in the movie Trivia Schmodown Star Wars Tournament. He kicked my butt, and I'm honored he did. Please welcome back to the show, Andres Ace Cabrera. What's up, my friend? Hey, what is up, man? I'm excited to be here. Great topic. Uh, yes, you selected this topic. We are ranking mm-hmm. the best blasters in Star Wars. And this is one of those things where, you know, you uh, I'll, I'll always text you or you'll text me. Hey, uh, you know, I'm down to talk some Star Wars. And I'll be like, absolutely. Want to do some ranked? And I'll be like, what do you want to rank? And then you usually have a great topic. I think every time you've been on recently, it's been your topic. And you sent this one back to me. How about blasters? And I was like, oh, no, we we, we absolutely had to have done blasters. And then I looked, we had not, we had not done blasters. So sir, good choice just on the topic alone. Yes. Yeah. For me, it was thinking about what I was memorizing for the movie trivia showdown. <laughs> uh, and I got to my blaster section and I was like, this is a good topic. So might as well do it. I never got a single blaster question. So, so there you go. <laughs> Trust me. I know that pain. Well, studying for star Wars trivia and never getting those questions, but uh, you, you did it. You you swept the tournament. You're going on to face the champion, Alex Damon. This isn't Schmodown talk, but I'm just so happy uh, for you. Quick question about that: As you, you're a Star Wars fan. You, you ever since I've known you, you and I, you and I have had some just wonderful discussions. Uh, I'm still bummed you and I didn't get to uh, really, uh, along with Emma Five, carry uh, Jedi Council a little bit farther with what we had planned. But uh, you know. How do how what's the difference between yeah I'm a Star Wars fan versus I must memorize every blaster? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of intense, man, because it's always about what type of things you know about and where does it land, right? Because mm. every single thing inside a Star Wars frame is now eligible for a question. So right. my mentality was memorizing everything I could. Uh, and any possible question that I can come up with might be something they can come up with. Um, and I usually think about star Wars more on the mythology aspect, the philosophy aspect, um, the, the terms as far as how it appeals to an audience, Mm. uh, and not necessarily what's the name of every single ship. Yeah. Um, but it, it was an experience, man, for sure. And, and it's something that I, I knew I could do and I, and I had to prove it to myself before anyone else. And, Mm. And I did. And thankfully I did. Um, I'm glad you did. It was an honor to be defeated and kicked to the curb by you, sir. And I know what you mean. Look, I grew up, uh, I think when you grow up as a Star Wars fan, you definitely connect to the big themes, but also it is kind of the ships and the pew, pew, pew and the, and the surface level stuff. As you get older, you, you attach to it or maybe you don't. And so there would have been a time where this probably would have been the discussion I would have had more often than not. Let's talk blasters. Uh, but now, yeah, like you, it's the whys of Star Wars, the philosophies, and, and that's part of it, too. But in making my list after you suggested the topic, I found myself getting really excited going, oh, yeah, 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 that one. Oh, no, my gosh, I, I didn't realize how much I connected to that one and how much I love it. So this is what's going to be fun about today's discussion. Oh, yeah, I'm excited, man. Obviously, I, I always pick the most interesting. I mean, I picked lightsaber uh, battles last time and now I'm picking blasters. So goes to show where my head is at. Hey, fighting. You like fighting. Yep. No, I'm kidding. Um, before we begin, we are going to do what we do occasionally here on Four Center Star Wars Ranked. We are going to induct a entry into the Star Wars Ranked Hall of Fame. We do this from time to time when there is a choice 
that number one is just really obvious because it is the choice. It is a choice that deserves to be on the list, but it's so popular, so iconic that we almost feel let's we don't even need to talk about it because we can both acknowledge that it's supposed to be there. So today we are going to be putting into the Star Wars ranked Hall of Fame, the best blaster perhaps of all time, at least the most iconic Han Solo's DL-44 blaster. It deserves its place in the Hall of Fame. Andres, what did you think about the blaster growing up? Han's yeah. trusty blaster. Yeah. This is the blaster, right? Anytime you think, in my opinion, Star Wars blaster, this is the one that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. If anyone, whether you're a hardcore Star Wars fan or whether you're a Star Wars fan who just got into it, this is to me the most iconic blaster. Part of it has to do, I mean, most of it has to do with Han Solo, to be fair. Mm. And Harrison Ford's performance is Han Solo, making it so iconic. And the way I believe it's a new hope when he first pulls this out and fires it, uh, at Docu Bay 94. Uh, mm. And the way he shoots it is got such a unique way where he's almost putting his other hand like right behind him as if he's like waiting for a baton pass. Yeah. Uh, his hand is like stretched outwards. Yeah. Uh, and it's such a cool pose that it became iconic within itself. And then the blaster uh, reached iconic status after that as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is the blaster, man. I, I felt like it would just be like one through five would just be the DL 44. So, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I like what you said. It, it's the, uh, the blaster that we kind of all grew up with and associate with star Wars that we're going to find out there's some others and, and not to, not to forget. And I almost was going to be a little sneaky because sometimes, sometimes on star Wars ranked, we'll be a little sneaky. Like we'll, we'll choose the, uh, Oh, this is my favorite Beatles song. It's the rare track you never heard until the seventies. Luke Skywalker's got it, got his own DL 44 at empire strikes back. He's carrying it too, which is why to your point, especially me growing up as a kid in, in, in the early eighties, I just thought that's what a lot of blasters were in star Wars. They just look like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny, obviously, because mm. I mean, obviously a, a lot of people might have, might not have liked it. I mm. personally did. And so a Star Wars story, when you see that scene where Beckett is giving this long speech as he's yeah. tearing apart this blaster. Uh, and then when he tosses it to Han, you realize that's the yeah. blaster, the DL 44, a classic blaster. So I love that scene as well. I, it was, you read my mind. It was going to go right to that point there because it was something that was revealed before the movie came out. If I recall right, yeah. a trailer or maybe a vignette. And so that told me two things. One, yeah. Hey, we're going to give you a little fun fan service. You might not like it. We're going to do it, but also it's not a huge, big plot point. It's not like he mm -hmm. uncovered the blaster in a you know cave and it was part, it's just part of, it just kind of was this occurrence. It was almost you know, at one point it was kind of nothing to Beckett, but also, hey, I'm giving you, I'm giving you a blaster, and giving, giving you a, something that got me through the galaxy. That's that's big in its own right way, which is why the gun would have some sort of meaning to Han, and then to what happens at the end. So I, I really do like the scene. It's it's not necessarily one of my favorites in Solo, but in a, in a movie I love, I just kind of looked at that and went like, oh hey, yeah, I love that. That's the blaster. <laughs> so I'm with yeah. you. Absolutely. And obviously, I, I can't believe I forgot to mention mm. it's the Greedo scene that kind of made it the yeah. most iconic. Yeah. Uh, considering, and I know this is me going extra nerd, but I guess this is what we do. Yeah. Um, considering how quickly it fried Greedo, right? It was like a one shot, <laughs> like a giant hole in his stomach. Uh, and we, as an audience, were like, wow, how powerful is that blaster? Mm -hmm. That one shot and Greedo looks like he exploded. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. yeah, that that made that made the DL44 and Han Solo himself iconic is when he first pulled it out and shot Greedo. Absolutely, which is why the DL44 is hereby inducted into the Star Wars ranked Hall of Fame, which means we can begin ranking our list, working our way five to one. And Ace, we are going to begin with your number five. Yes, my number five. I'm excited about my number five. Uh, first came out in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. It is the NN14 blaster pistol. Yeah. Uh, this is, for anyone who doesn't know, this is Ray's blaster that Han Solo gives to Ray. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of reasons why I like this blaster. Obviously, the first reason is because of the scene itself. When yeah. we see Han deliver the blaster to Ray, and Ray, I believe, gets the response of... I uh, can handle myself. And he's like, yeah, this is why I'm giving it to you. Yes. Uh, it, it's one of the best lines in the whole movie. And it really goes to show you what yeah. Han thought of Ray as a, as a person, as a character. I mean, obviously this is someone who was piloting the Falcon by, by herself. Mm. Uh, this is someone who was doing it with, a you know, a lot of stuff that Uncar plot yeah. installed in the Falcon that didn't necessarily work with the Falcon. Um, <laughs> So he was already impressed with her with that. And then when it came to handling herself, this is the blaster mm-hmm. that just made Ray uh, the character we all know and love. Ray, the the go-getter, the striver, the warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I love this blaster. And obviously we see it in action when she um, when she gets her first kill with uh fn417 sorry I, I i swear to you i'm not bragging or showing off with my <laughs> trivia knowledge that's the only way i know how to say it yeah. um but when she takes out fn417 her first uh yeah. first order trooper um mm. and and her safety is on which is like another little yeah uh funny moment in the movie mm. it it shows you that ray is now reaching a different level inside this this yeah. galaxy right i mean her first Absolutely. kill is kind of a big deal uh, considering she's not a scavenger anymore, she's a warrior, yeah. uh, or she's a soldier. Yeah. And then later on, when she's firing it at uh, Kylo, and he's just blocking every blast, mm. and then obviously he freezes her with the Force, uh, another iconic moment. But even even after that, I, I think the moment that really stands out the most with this blaster is The Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, when she when she fires it at, uh, at Force Skype Kylo, and... Uh, <laughs> And he he thinks it actually shot him, which is a great acting moment for uh-huh. Adam Driver, obviously. Yeah. Uh, where he's like, oh, my God, I just got shot. Uh, and it turns out he did it. But that moment right there shows you, obviously, the power of the blaster to go through stone so easily. Yeah. Um, but it's also a nice moment that shows you this is something that she will always remember as a gift from Han Solo and as yeah. a totem from from the great Han Solo. So, yeah. yeah, I love this blaster. I'm glad it's on your list here because this is something that, uh, you know, it's Star Wars tradition. A character gets their blaster, Han has his blaster, and this uh, sticks for the movies. That's why I love so much that it's in Rise of Skywalker. Like you just said, it is something she's kind of received from the big legend. She's got uh, lessons and the lightsaber, uh, you know, uh, from Luke. She's got uh, the blaster and the lessons and the memories of Han, the medal, everything um, uh, that's kind of, uh, and, and the mentorship from Leia. It's all there, and it's re- and and the Han stuff for her is is in this blaster. And it's just in terms of a Star Wars blaster. Going back to first, we you know first see it on on in Force Awakens. Like man, I love it. It is so 
just much like the designs of the blasters in A New Hope were because they got cheap leftover World War II weapons and they could modify yeah. them. This just looks like a six shooter jammed into like a, a, a pager uh, with a, a mo- motorcycle exhaust on the end of it. And yep, it's a Star Wars blaster. And to me, that that just feels like Star Wars. That thing that I always talk about, you don't know till you see it. And when this first emerged, I was like, yeah, this is a little tiny, janky blaster that Hans just probably got around. And it, but it, you know, he wouldn't just give it to anyone. And it is a great scene. It is a great scene for her, her you know, what you said about. You know, I, I I'm good. No, I know you're good. This is why I'm giving it to you to to to, to acknowledge that and honor that. So I wouldn't just hand this to anyone. So I love it. Great choice. The NN14 Blaster Pistol. Good one. All right, we are up to uh, well beginning my list, but my number five. Going to my childhood here, and I got to tell you, Andres, it was hard for me not to go to 1983 for every one of my choices. Oh uh, wow. Yeah, um, I did. I did force myself to branch out. By force, I mean just you turn the page in the book and you go, "Oh, that's right. I do like a lot of different blasters in Star Wars." But I'm going to Return of the Jedi, where I first fell in love with the EC-17 holdout blaster. This is the Biker Scout blaster. Any, ah, yeah. Anyone, yeah. anyone who's listened to Force Center for a long length of time will tell you I love me my speeder bike scouts. I love speeder bikes. I love biker scouts. It's just something I've always just been, um, I've always loved about those. And this blaster is part of that. And it, look, it's you know, there's uh, bigger, uh, stronger blasters in Star Wars. Even the biker scouts, the scout troopers, thanks in large part to the video games, Battlefront Two, even the original Battlefront games have kind of uh, expanded to be their snipers. They're the sniper class in a lot of those games. So they got big, powerful sniper rifles. I still love this. And there's something about the scene, the speeder bike scene, seeing it and, and for the first time and being terrified and not, you know, I'm, I'm seven. I don't know what's going on. And when the biker scout, after he had, uh, you know, uh, or that was a little bit later, right? Uh, but I, when he pulls it out and, he, and, he, and, he, and he's, it looks like he might shoot Leia off the speeder bike, and it gets to that shot where it's so close. I'm like, oh God, no, no, no! I'm you know seven, I'm freaking out. And then when it when it gets uh, uh, pointed at Leia's head uh, it went, during the wicket sequence a little bit later, that just stuck in my memory. I have that Topps trading card. I have it in my collection, and I have it in my memory. Just the look of the blaster, sleek, and uh, like the Empire, it uh, looks great, but it brings pain. Yeah. So this is you said it was the EC17, right? Yeah. So this is the little one, right? Yes. So this, it's so funny, right? Because there's a lot of things about this blaster. First thing I'll say, it reminds me, maybe because I'm a Bond guy, of the PPK from Bond. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about yeah, there. I do. But it's the little Bond gun that he usually keeps to himself. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's been in a few Bond movies. Uh, but I will never forget, Ken, same with you, watching that scene and seeing this biker scout with one head, just pulls out this little <laughs> gun. And you're like, bro, where'd you get that from? Yeah. Uh, it was, it's one of my favorite scenes. And obviously it's one of my favorite blasters because of the size. Yeah. It looks so portable and small and almost perfect for like a concealed use of a biker scout, right? You, you yeah. can't take out this giant rifle if you're yes. on top of a speeding speeder bike. Yes. Um, so I yeah I I love this choice. This is absolutely great, and I love when it re- returns in the Mandalorian, uh, used in kind of that episode yes. eight uh, comedy scene. Uh, just kind of fun. Yeah, it's just um, as a kid, you 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 
as we talked about up top, you know, you know, I'm not worried about the philosophy of the EC-17 as a kid. I'm just looking at this cool gun <laughs> held by the bad guys. And yeah. uh, it just stuck with me. It stuck with me. And I, I'm sure there's probably some good toys out there of it that aren't just in the figure form. I'm looking at my Black Series Biker Scout right now on my shelf. But I, I don't remember if there's actually like a handheld, probably painted orange now, but back in the day probably was uh, realistic. I don't recall ever seeing a... EC-17 out there in the memorabilia world. I'll have, I'll have to look that up. Gotcha. I'm, I might have to still own one if there, <laughs> if there is one there. Uh, that is my number five. Our list is off and running, and we, sir, up to your number four. Yes, so my number four is one that has always been one of my favorites ever since I first saw this movie, and it's from The Phantom Menace, um, and it's the ELG-3A Blaster Pistol, also known as the Naboo Royal Blaster. Mm. Um, this is the one where they storm uh, the throne room. Um, Panaka, Padme, uh, Sabe, and the team takes on the the, uh, the throne room, trying to get to Viceroy mm. Gunray. And ever since I first saw this blaster, I was like, that is the coolest little blaster I've ever seen. It's right. so sleek and it's so cool looking. Um, and it seemed like the perfect weapon that a Naboo yeah. uh, a security fighter would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will never forget um, Padme's line of uh, Captain, we don't have time for this. Uh, <laughs> and she's shooting the... Uh, the uh, the droids, but I love that line because every time I rewatch the movies, I always add my own commentary to it. Yeah. Yeah. And my commentary is always like Panaka's point of view of like, Hey, don't you see me trying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and obviously that leads to him blowing up the window and going to the Ascension guns, right. which is another one of my favorite lines of the movie where he just yells out Ascension guns. Yes. Um, as if it's a superpower. Um, but this blaster, I, I love that she has these blasters just stored up in the throne, uh, chair right of the uh of the uh throne room yeah of her actual like throne have you uh have, have you read queen's peril yet oh my god i haven't and okay. it's funny because i this is actually on my list of books okay uh to read and queen's peril is at the top of my list followed by the new hunger games book okay um okay but i'm assuming that plays into it where uh, she keeps those blasters <laughs> there right hey. let me tell you something let me tell you something i'm, I'm glad it's on the top of your list because i was going to tell you to move it there right away literally when you're done finishing recording this podcast i want you to open up that book yeah this factors in how they got into the throne uh is is part of a little plot point in the story uh it, it shows something about her and the handmaidens and panaka and it's and it's just it's i love it I love it, and those and those are the ones with the little uh, the shortened barrel versions of it. Yes. Um. So you, sir, absolutely need to read Queen's Barrel. I I will do. Considering Padme is one of my favorites, and oh, yeah. this whole Phantom Menace might be one of my favorite movies as well. Ooh, so. We'll talk about that offline. Um. Yeah. This this blaster pistol, I love it. I, I think it's a great choice because it's the the Nubian design. Everything from Naboo yeah. is just got that uh, that that aesthetic that we I think I think a, you're a Phantom Menace guy. You're, you're probably drawn to the Naboo ships, everything, even in Attack the Clones. So I love the opening of Attack the Clones just for Padme's uh, ship landed. I love the N one yes. Starfighters. It makes sense that it would go down to these sleek little blasters. It's beautiful. It's elegant. Yes, I, I love the Naboo. I mean, obviously, we talked about, uh, I think we talked about one of my favorite planets, and Naboo has always been one of my favorites, yeah. uh, either one or two between that or Coruscant. But mm. but Naboo's always been up there because I definitely do love the architecture, the design of it. It's all amazing. Yeah, and I love that they carried this into the Clone Wars animated series. 
Padme pulled yes. it out to use a lot in a lot of episodes there. So yes, check she that did. out if you want to trace the ELG-3A blaster pistol. Which one do you prefer, Ace, the long barrel or the short snub nose barrel version? I like the long barrel, but that's also kind of teasing some of my top okay. choices. Um, okay. I, I like that look, but the short barrel has got a cool design as well. But I, I definitely mm. prefer the long barrel. Love it. That's a great number four. And speaking of sleek, kind of long-barreled blaster pistols, I am going to uh, a, a present-day choice. I am not just sticking to my uh, uh, seventh year on this planet. I'm going to uh, 2019 Rise of Skywalker and the E851 blaster pistol. This is the blaster pistol of Zori Bliss. Hi. Uh, everyone knows I love the character of Zori Bliss. Looking forward for more to more content with the uh, young Poe Dameron novel. And uh, Zori has, is part of some of my favorite moments in Rise of Skywalker, some powerful moments, those deep philosophical moments that you and me and Joseph Scrimshaw love discussing. But I just love the look, her rocketeer vibe her spaceman vibe and this blaster, which looks like it would be, uh, it's almost like a pirate ship. Uh, yes. Musket. I was going to say a pirate uh, uh, yeah. uh, musket. That's exactly what it looks yeah. like. Uh, uh, you know, it looks like uh, uh, this could be in, in a Disney pirates of the Caribbean gift shop. It, yes. it looks almost natural, organic, long flowing. It just looks great on scene and the, in, in the scenes when she sticks it in a posed temple and <laughs> ready to pull the trigger. I, I just looked at this and I was like, no, this isn't, you know, I never want to force a, a choice on Star Wars Ranked. And so I was, I was like, all right, I, let, let me try to pick something a little more modern. And I, this popped into my head and just, I was like, nope. And I'm staring at a little Zori Bliss uh, Funko Pop figure uh, right now, one of the mini pops. And and the gun's featured in there. And, and it's just part of her design as a character. And it flows and it just fits so well into the design and her as a character and everything like that. So I... I don't want to go too far down the deep philosophical path, uh, path but it's just, it's just a very cool Star Wars blaster. And cool, as always, carries weight for me in Star Wars. Yeah, this is a great choice, man. Obviously, I love the black design with the mm. gold lining oh, around yeah. it. Uh, this definitely looks like something out of a pirates movie, which is, which is perfect for Zori, right? Yes. Um, and when she, for, when she says, um, I want to see your brains in the snow, you believe that it's possible with this blaster. Yes. Uh, for sure. Cause you're like, damn, that thing looks like it would <laughs> yeah. put his brains in the snow. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love this scene and I love this blaster. It's a great choice, man. There it is. I'm even looking at a picture of it right now. I'm just kind of drifting away into, uh, this, um, into this design here. It looks so good. Yeah, the black and the bronzium barrel with recoil stabilizing porting, porting notch. Oh, Pablo Hidalgo has fun describing mm. everything in Star Wars. So that is uh, my choice there at number four, which means we're going to move up to your number three. Yeah, my number three, I, I love this blaster, man. And obviously it's it's uh, it's classic for me because it's Revenge of the Sith. Um, and it means a lot to me because it's, it's mainly used by my favorite all time Star Wars character. Mm. Um, and that is, uh, the DT 57 annihilator blaster, which is the blaster that Obi-Wan refers to as so uncivilized. <laughs> uh, this is the general grievous blaster that Obi-Wan uses to kill general grievous. Look at that. Uh, yes. I, I love this blaster. It looks like a giant like almost like a modified uh mm -hmm. either e5 or e11 yeah uh 
just like a bigger version of that, but it's, it, it's, it's got a cool name, obviously, but mm. the fact that this is the one that Obi-Wan force pulls to himself and shoots yeah. uh, General Grievous in the heart with is, is one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars, obviously. Mm. Uh, and it's by one of my favorite characters. That's why it means so much to me. Mm. Uh, and I love that Obi-Wan realizes the power of it and yet is put off by it. Yeah. Uh, right after he murders <laughs> Grievous uh, by shooting him with his own blaster, which I think is very poetic. Uh, the DT-57 packed a heavy punch without loss of range, says the description of it. So uncivilized. Mm. This is, I'm so glad it's on your list because it's on your list, not necessarily for the person who owned it or came to own it. Uh, Grievous mm. would often steal his things uh, from uh, Jedi he vanquished. Um, but that it, what it means to... Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan as a character, which also ties into mm-hmm. the big stuff in New Hope, some of the stuff he's saying to Luke, and it all ties into this, and not only just a hey, fun little moment, but what you just touched upon is pretty interesting. It not only saves his life, and it packs a punch, and can be used to maybe turn the tide of the war, but Obi-Wan still, in the end, rejects it for what it is, yeah. and for what it made him do in a way, and I, I'm fascinated with that. Yeah, I mean, the fact that this is the weapon he has available to him, and I believe at this point in the movie, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't. I think this is where he's already dropped his lightsaber. Mm. Um, yeah. So this is the only weapon he has, and he yep. still rejects it. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, bro, at least keep it for 15 more minutes. <laughs> yeah, just- uh, you know, it's until Cody gives you your lightsaber back, but or until you find it. Yeah. But he still tosses it to the side, which I think is even better. Says a lot about him. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Get, get some XP points and level up and then uh, maybe get your, get your weapons back. Uh, yeah. I love it, man. I love it. Have you, I guess to collect this one in figure form, you might have to buy some Grievouses, right? Because I, I don't yes. think there's a so uncivilized Obi-Wan pack. There needs to be if there isn't. <laughs> Yeah, I would love this to be referred to as Obi-Wan's blaster. Uh, I think that would be even funnier. Um, But but no, unfortunately, it's still considered Grievous's blaster. And it's called the Annihilator, which is even better. It's the best. Um, That's a great name. I love it. Oh, yeah, we're not done talking nicknames for blasters on this show. But I I love that because it's similar to our other passion, Game of Thrones, where, you know, you're going to name a sword. It's named oh, Needle. Yes. Of course you'd name your bleeping sword Needle. <laughs> uh, the Annihilator. Love that. Oh, man. It's good. And, yeah, it is similar to the uh, to what the uh, E5 used by the B1 battle droids, but I like yeah. that. That makes sense. It'd, it'd be something similar. Uh, Blast Tech Industries would produce it and yes. say, Here, here's a different version of it there. And Grievous would be like, I'll take it. <clears throat> yeah. Good exactly. choice. Add it to his collection. Add it to his collection for your uh, number three choice, which means we're up to my number three. And I, uh, I I went modern again. I went very modern, and I'll tell you why. I'm going with my number three, the Blaster Pistol, which I do believe does not have an official model distinction yet. We'll have to wait for a book that's coming out soon to explain it. But I'm going with the Blaster Pistol used by the Mandalorian, Din Djarin. Ooh. Now, I get it. The Pulse Rifle. That's pretty cool. Uh, yes. Even though it disappears halfway through the show, I still think now, I, I believe the conspiracy that when uh, George Lucas told, told Favreau on set, I didn't have anything to do with the Star Wars Holiday Special, that it was suddenly uh, vanished. I'm joking, of course, but I can, I can I can support that theory. I love the blaster pistol. Uh, he is a mysterious lone gunfighter, right? We keep hearing that all the time. He is a lone wolf and cub, all these kind of references. So uh, a weapon, um, uh, you know, he's not necessarily going to carry a sword around. It's Star Wars, so they're going to give him this blaster. 
And I, I'll admit, um, a little bit before the series came out, a friend of mine who used to uh, uh, be in pro wrestling and uh, used to work with me in pro wrestling, I ran into him at an independent wrestling show. He works in practical effects in Hollywood now. We were just catching up. He goes, oh, you'd like Star Wars. And I don't want to say his name. I probably said too much. I don't want to get in trouble. But I didn't I didn't share it with the world. I didn't run to the, a website and, and do a scoop. But he said, here's the blaster. I worked on this blaster. I was part of the team that built it. Uh, and he showed me actual pictures from the prop desk of this blaster. And back then at that moment, Ace, if you remember, like I was like, I'm really excited for The Mandalorian. I'm just not sure if it's for me. And I had some silly, silly questions about how they were making it. And then I saw that and I was like, well, I'll be damned. That looks like a Star Wars gun. And I am excited to see that in action. And all through the series, it's just become synonymous with him and his gunfighter hand. And I really love the design. It is both new and instantly classic and that's why i have it on my list yeah this is the perfect western looking blaster inside a star wars property right yeah it looks so western and it's perfect because that's kind of the vibe that obviously favreau and filoni wanted to go with Mm. with the mandalorian you know what's funny i'm gonna go super nerd on you but you know what it reminds me of uh, I'm a massive fan of a show called Supernatural. Mm. Uh, and there is a gun on the show that's supposed to be the most powerful gun on the world that can kill anything. And it's mm. called a cult. Um, mm. And it looks almost exactly like this blaster. And obviously, I don't know if you have time to look up the cult from Supernatural. I'm going to do that uh, right but it, now. But it has the brown um, edges around the handle uh, and oh, it yeah. has that classic uh, gun sling- slinger look. Yeah. Uh, it's it's absolutely perfect for a Western type uh, show, for a Western type look inside yeah. a Star Wars uh, universe, right? The, so the, I, I love this choice. Yeah, the cult. I'm, look, I'm looking at it now, the cult from yes. Supernatural. It comes up right away on a Google search. Um, yes. the, it looks like it, it belongs in Red Dead Redemption, too, as does yes. the Mandalorian blaster. So. Yeah, there's a there's a Western vibe and a Western spirit, and yes. yeah, oh, that's a great choice. Interesting. Um, we'll, we'll do guns of supernatural and other shows <laughs> a little bit later. Um, yeah, but what also for this this weapon and why it's on my list is, you know, we 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 had seen the pictures uh, before the show came out, and and we knew, especially from Favre's Instagram post, that oh oh the the rifle that Boba Fett had in the holiday special is going to be in there. We no, there's other guns uh, held by other Mandalorians or non-Mandalorians of all kind that are in, in, equally as interesting. And, and you know, I think we were expecting a cool weapon. And this one just is simple. It is what it is. And it didn't need to be more than that. And that's and I think that says a lot about the Mandalorian. He just needs a trusty uh, blaster by his side. And the fact that right now, I, I have been searching even before we went to air, trying to find the actual model number. I can't find it if it exists, but again, I know we're going to get the visual uh, dictionary from um, Pablo Hidalgo coming out this October. I'm sure we'll get some information, get it named there. But the fact that even right now that I can't easily find the model number fits in with the Mandalorian and, and, yeah. and, and this character of like, he, he's probably not even concerned about it. Probably doesn't even feel his gun has earned a name yet. He needs an honorable kill with it or something like that. And uh, I really, uh, I just, I, I just love it. And again, instant classic, despite being completely new. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love, like you said, that it's so mysterious, just like uh, the character is. So it flows perfectly inside that show. And I think it's, it's perfect for it. Doom, boom, doom. <laughs> that music video though yeah oh i know <laughs> uh, yeah. 
so that is my number three, which means we are uh, uh, coming up to our number twos. We'll take a break after that and come back with our number ones, maybe some runner ups. But uh, right now we're going to go to your number two, my friend. Ooh, my number two uh, was me going back and forth, making it my number one, because this is one that I've loved ever since I first saw it Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. um, And I love that it came back in another movie as well. Um, And this is the SE-14R light uh, repeating blaster. Uh, this is Lando's blaster in Solo, a Star Wars story, because we all know Lando has a lot of blasters. Um, But this is the chrome, big-looking blaster that he uses while on Kessel, uh, shooting off uh, anyone there trying to stop him. And this is the one he uses to, to fight everyone off. But... It's also the one, and I don't know if, I'm sure you know this, but this is the one that Kylo or Ben Solo uses when he comes to Exegol, uh, when he's uh, blasting away the the guards that are protecting Mm -hmm. the Emperor. And Mm -hmm. when when I found that out, it just elevated the blaster status to me because I remember watching the movie the first time and thinking, wait, what is that blaster and where did he get it from? Um. Yeah. And realizing that it's Lando's blaster, it just elevates it to me. And obviously, it's chrome. It looks cool. It's big. Yeah. It looks powerful. Uh, but at the same time, it looks like it's still a blaster pistol. So you can, you know, handle it with one arm. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite designs out of all the Star Wars blasters. And it's obviously got a lot of significance between Solo and The Rise of Skywalker, which is one of the coolest connections to me. Two of my favorite movies. Yeah. Well, well, especially if you, if you throw in, you know, Lando and Rise of Skywalker's kind of got that uh, solo young Lando vibes yes. with the yellow there. Now, and this is a, this is a, I'd say this is a different kind of design for Star Wars. It's definitely a Star Wars gun, but it is a, it's kind of like almost, it says light repeating blaster and, you know, but in, in it's one hand, it's a, it's a blaster pistol in, in my mind, but this is almost uh, a rifle and he does have he does have a X8 night sniper rifle but but yes, it's got does. it's got the scope it's so it's different it, it almost looks like a like an Uzi <laughs> if you grew up in the 80s when every villain oh, had, I know a, what had an Uzi you know <laughs> um, and or or uh, you know the secret service guys around Reagan when he was shot they all pull out Uzis it's like it's like you, I grew up with that being the gun and and this oh, yeah. this kind of has that vibe uh but it's all like you said it's all kind of that that chrome silver look and M and then again, the fact that it shows up in Rise of Skywalker, it's just one of those simple things, but it immediately, if you see it, you know it, and it connects, and the and, and that family kind of family connection that Ben had turned from, but was now re-embracing, that old Uncle Lando probably at some point was like, here, take this, it had served me well, you know? Like, yeah. um, that's the little thing that I just, I'm sorry, I love that movie. I know, I know, Ace loves uh, Rise of Skywalker too, yes. and that, little things like this that aren't just simple connections. We always talk about the why, and that's the why of it. It isn't just, oh, I had a blaster sitting around my TIE fighter. It's Lando's, and Uncle Lando gave it to me, and now I'm embracing that again. And, uh, I, yeah, just that stuff works for me, and this gun is yeah. great. And, obviously, the way Lando uses it versus the way Kylo uses it, um, mm. by shooting uh, the guard in front of him and then not looking while shooting the guard <laughs> behind him, uh, which is obviously a, yeah. a throwback to Han Solo. Yep. Um, and it shows you the mannerisms that Ben took from his father, which I think is even better because there's a few moments in there where people notice that Adam driver was having a Han Solo vibe to him. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with this blaster and the way he used it. So I think that this, this shows you, um, 
it shows you that this is Ben Solo coming to rescue Ray or trying to rescue Ray yeah. uh, in that scene. And it's not Kylo Ren. So I, I, I love that moment. Yeah. Well said. Um, let me, let me ask you this. If you had to choose who would you rather see using it? Who is your choice? Is it Ben in the end of, of, of Rise Skywalker or is it Lando kicking ass, saving the day as best he can uh, in, on Kessel? Who you go, who do you want the blaster in? That's a tough one, right? Because <laughs> uh, I still think Lando is underrated as a you know 100%. as everything to be 100%. to be honest. But yeah, um, I'm gonna go with Lando, man. I, yeah. I really it, it stood out to me when he was using it on Kessel the first time. So mm. I have to go with him, considering it. it was like you said, this giant blaster pistol, yeah, all chromed out. I was like, what is that? That is so cool. Um, and it's so to- yeah, yeah. I'll go with Lando. Totally fits in that Lando Falcon, you know, in that oh, yeah. in that cool sleek apartment. Of, he's turned the Falcon into um, good choice. Yeah, and obviously the, Ben, it, it, it's it's valuable, but it, we're more we more think of Kylo and his lightsaber. But mm-hmm. um, God, that's a great choice, man. That is a that's a that's a that's a multi generational story choice there uh, in terms of uh, Star Wars timelines there. We are going to go to my number two, and this is talking multi-generational. Now we're getting to the point where I was just like, nope, now now I'm going to connect with my youth, my crazy youthful days as a young Star Wars fan and running around my yard pretending to be in the Battle of Endor. And this is a weapon I've always been fascinated with. And then lo and behold, man, it gets its moment in the sun and Force Awakens. I'm talking about Chewie's Wookiee Bowcaster. Look, man, it doesn't get any simpler than this. Crazy, weird design. And I I have the Nerf version right now, the one with the little Nerf pellets that came out during the Force Awakens one. It's all bright and orange. It's sitting in my garage next to my life-size Wicked. It's just a weird Star Wars corner. Um, And... And, you know, Return of the Jedi, especially, you know, he, it, it factors, you know, he has it for all the movies, but Return of the Jedi, again, that's the first one I saw in the theaters that I that I remember. And to watch him take out that speeder bike with the bowcaster, you just, you're like, mm. what is that? That You know, you feel like Han and Force Awakens. And so then to come back all these years later, now I always kind of laugh a little bit that Han at this point in his life is for the first time ever really paying attention to the blaster. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's fun. Um, I don't think it's some weird plot hole in their relationship as friends. Um, I just think it's fun and, and Harrison plays it so well. And when it, it when it's sending stormtroopers somersaulting through the air, like I'm a sucker for that all setting yeah. up what happens when it shoot, when he shoots Kylo and the blaster bolt and Kylo's hip and everything like that. And, and, and it has some, some relevance, relevance, but I, uh, I just, as a weapon, as a Star Wars weapon, this is, it probably des- deserves its place in the Hall of Fame as well, but I wanted to talk about it here on the list. It's Chewie, man. Who doesn't love Chewie and who doesn't love that bowcaster? Yes, this bowcaster is obviously a classic and it's considered, I, I consider it to be one of the most powerful blasters. Um, obviously, especially because of The Force Awakens, considering all the damage it did to the stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Um but it shows you that Chewie is a one of the most well-rounded warriors yeah. we've ever seen in Star Wars, considering how good of a shot he is. I don't think he ever misses, man. No. Uh, literally, like you said, when he first takes out the, the biker scout, hmm. he gets him with like one or two shots. 
Uh, and it's at a distance. Yeah, it's pretty far away. Every time I rewatched Return of the Jedi, I noticed that. I was like, man, that's a good shot. Um, and obviously, the power of it we see mm-hmm. in The Force Awakens. I always go back to that movie because, like you said, they build it up so much throughout the movie, mm-hmm. um, leading all the way up to the moment where he shoots Kylo with it. Yeah, which, if you really think about it. It is more significant is significant in more ways than one, considering that he's shooting someone that he possibly knew as a yeah. child Good. growing up. Right. This is Uncle Chewie. It's Uncle Chewie. Uh, and he's shooting. <laughs> he's shooting his nephew who's gone dark. Yeah. Um, and, and he's rightfully enraged. Obviously, mm-hmm. seeing Han die in front of him is, is tragic. Um, and he nails him just right in that stomach. Um which also kind of teases, and obviously we can get into the whole, you know, this was an issue when The Force Awakens came out as far as like, why was Kylo so easily beat? Right. Uh, but I always said, hey, he just got, we just saw the rule of three with, with Chewie's bowcaster, right? Mm-hmm. Where he shot like three stormtroopers before he shot Kylo, showing the power of it. Right. And considering those stormtroopers literally went flying like 15 feet in the air, mm. And Kylo just took a knee, like he got shot in the stomach and he just went to his knees and came right back up and then super sped to the forest, Um, which I also think is a funny moment in The Force Awakens where he gets there before they do. (laughs) I think I just think he knew a brick path around a a creek. (laughs) He just knew a pond. Like you cross the pond, you're good. You're there. (laughs) Yeah. But, But either way, it shows you that. Oh, I get it. They were building up the power of this blaster to show you that when Kylo got shot from it, he's taking it full on. Like this guy is still going out a hundred percent and he's still a, you know, a badass, even though he just got shot with the most powerful blaster we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think it's a very significant blaster for many reasons, but obviously Chewie's the goat. He's amazing. And yeah, he deserves more credit. So absolutely, and I think in uh, Rise of Skywalker and Solo, some of the later stuff, um, you know, he gets some big moments in the sun, but not that with Peter Mayhew and Chewie in the original movies uh, and even the prequels. Right, uh, he gets some moments too. But I agree with you, Chewie underrated as well. He's just, he's just, he's so loyal and he's always there. He can sometimes be overlooked. Uh, that is my number two, Chewie's Wookie Bowcaster, which means we're up to your number. No wait, yeah, it was your number two. Sorry, yes, sorry, Lando's number two. I I, yes. uh, I I messed myself up. So you know what that means? I'm going to need a reset. And we're going to take a quick break. On the other side of the break, Andres and I will have a couple runner-ups and our number one choices for the best blaster in Star Wars. Stick around here on Force Center. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Hey 
Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. Star Wars Ranked. I'm Ken Napsack, and we are here with Andres Cabrera. You can call him Ace if he lets you. All right. Uh, we are talking best blasters in Star Wars. And look, we're, we're choosing five aside. That's tough enough because there's a lot of choices, which, of course, means as often here on Star Wars Ranked, we are going to have some runner-ups. Um, what do you have on your list for runners-up, my friend? Yeah, so obviously I just talked about what is what is one of the most powerful blasters we've seen, which is Chewie's Bowcaster, um, or you just talked about it. Um, another powerful blaster is one we saw in Rogue One, mm. and that is Bay's Malbus. Yeah, with the MWC 35C mm. Staccato Lightning. Uh, I just call it the Staccato Lightning, which took me forever to memorize, by the way. Uh, this was back in my uh, movie trivia showdown prep. Yeah. Uh, trying to memorize all these blasters, and it took me forever to memorize this one. But I noticed this one when I first saw Rogue One, obviously. Yeah. Um, considering he takes down like 20 stormtroopers in five seconds mm -hmm. with it. And it's got a cool backpack with it looks like a super oh, soaker yeah. oh yeah uh, i had that super soaker <laughs> i did too uh which is perfect because it's yeah. it's got that super soaker design of like mm -hmm. it, this thing is packing some punch to it and obviously it does uh base malibus is a great character in rogue yeah. one and i feel like this blaster defines his character mm. as as the steady grounded uh powerful tool that is yeah. that needs no mystery like a kyber crystal. It's a simple, yeah. uh, powerful cannon, essentially. Oh, wow. That's uh, great. So this has always been one of my favorites as well ever since I first saw it. Yeah. No, I love it. That's a great choice. I, you know, to be honest with you, I hadn't even factored that in my list. I, I think I got to, I think I needed to slide into Rogue One a little bit more when I was making my list. So great choice. A, a, anything else on your runner up list? Uh, I have a, oh yeah, the EL-16. Uh, this is Fence Blaster. Shout out oh, to yeah. Battlefront 2. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, if you guys play Battlefront 2, this is much more a a uh, Battlefront 2 blaster than it is a movie blaster, considering that Finn... Understood. I don't think Finn ever uses this, right, in The Force Awakens? Uh, yeah, 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 right? I mean, he, yeah, he, he has given it. it yeah. He's given this blaster by Han, obviously, yeah. and this is when he says, keep it, kid. Uh, he does shoot, well, at the end, where he and Ray come into the, uh, into the uh, final showdown. Oh, that's right. He does right. shoot down it, yeah, yeah, so he does use it. Yes, but for anyone who plays the video game and for anyone who knows, the EL-16 is a very, very powerful blaster. Yeah. Uh, super cool, big, you know, boxy design to it, which I think is great. And it's another example of a, if a big, powerful weapon that Finn gets to handle, which is cool. I, yeah, and I love qu quickly uh, on some of the, uh, the philosophy of that design. Like, it, I know it comes from Han, but I associate a lot of the resistance 
uh, troops with these kind of bigger, bulkier um, mm -hmm. blasters that aren't really flashy looking. We were talking about some great designs here today. Those aren't necessarily my favorite designs, but I love what they represent because it's the resistance. Grab what you can. We're not worried about fancy outfits. We got to fight. And that kind of ties into the sequel era vibe for me when it comes to the the resistance in that. So I like that Finn ends up with it and it's a, and it's, and it's unique in its own way. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Other runner ups. Uh, I have another one, but it teases my number okay. one. So I'm going to wait. Um, Sounds fair. I got a couple runner ups. I, I, I couldn't not mention this one, but um, it's so just standard that it, it didn't make my top five, but the, the stormtrooper E11. I mean, ooh, yeah, come on, you know, we grew up, and then when Han and Luke get a hold on a hold of one uh, when they're in disguise, like that's always even kind of fun to have in figure form. Um, yes, it's just kind of simple, direct. I like it. It is what it is. I I, I do like Cad paint Cad Bane's little uh, blaster pistols. Oh, but, uh, Cad Bane's yeah. blaster's great. Uh, and a lot, I love a lot about Cad Bane. Um, and this one here, this is this is we've been talking. It's interesting, you and I just said blasters. I definitely associate blasters with handheld pistols. I mean, oh, I get it. All the guns are handheld. But you know what I mean? Like something that can fit in one hand. Um, so this yeah. is this is kind of a rifle, but you can go any different ways with it. And I'm sure there was probably examples of this in Legends. I mean, no disrespect, not super versed in the Legends details. But I love when this popped up in some of the more modern comic lines, the lightsaber rifle, which was this uh. old ancient weapon. I remember seeing that the first time, and for me, the first time, again, there probably was other examples, and I just, I didn't go like, oh, that's a weird sci-fi thing. I went like, well, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. <laughs> just put a lightsaber in a in a contraption, you can shoot it? Oh, yeah, sign me up for that. And I just like it. It is kind of weird sci-fi. It is very Legends, um, but I like it. It's canon like it. And then my final one, this goes back to my youth. Whatever the hell Zuckus is carrying, which I do know is a GRS dash one snare rifle. I love it. It's like a it's like a split level gun. It's like an upper, it's like a like a like a a, a bus in London, one of the double 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 decker buses. It's like a double decker rifle. It's like a yes. it's a double bass guitar in an 80s rock band. It's like so unique and weird. And, you know, the Mandalorian series has done a lot for taking characters from that era, particularly almost almost all the characters from that bounty hunter lineup and showing yeah. them and their weapons in action where we had only previously been able to imagine it as children. A grown up, I want to see a Zuckus, uh, a, 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 what is it, Grand, show up in uh, Mandalorian so I can see what the hell his gun does. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, I, I don't know what your number one is, so I, I want to wait before I okay. say okay. maybe two, honor, two other honorable mentions, just because gotcha. I'm not sure. Um, well, because uh, speaking of Zuckus, you there's a other there's some other bounty hunters that have some great blasters <laughs> as well. <laughs> absolutely. Well, as we do often here, uh, I will go with my number one. So our guest, Andres Cabrera, can sure. close the show with his number one. My number one, it is an all-time classic. Does it deserve its place in the Hall of Fame? I think so, but I definitely wanted to talk about it. It has a great name. You want to talk about rifles, blasters, having names, nicknames like swords and Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and any other high fantasy stuff? Yeah, this one has an amazing name. It is Satine's Lament. This is the Defender Sporting Blaster Pistol held by the one and only Leia Organa of Alderaan all the way up to the resistance battle. She stuns Poe with it. I love this blaster. 
This is the gun she carried in A New Hope. This is the this is along with the E11, like the first blaster we really see in Star Wars. Well, the Rebel Alliance is uh, what is those the D D17s, whatever they're called. Um, but we get to see it in action. We get to see it stun a stormtrooper. Like, whoa, what's going on? She carries it with her. Uh, she does get to fire some other ra- uh, blasters in Empire Strikes Back, but comes back in Return of the Jedi with another kind of smaller uh, a gun here, an- another version. She's got those little handheld pistols, but this one always remained my favorite. And then to see it pop back up again in uh, Last Jedi when she pulls it up to uh, stun Han. Man, give me that. And then when you expand the story and add in some modern canon, and now that we know it is called Satine's Lament, named for Duchess Satine of Mandalore, Obi-Wan's one true love, give me this blaster. I absolutely love it. Wow. I, I can't believe this one slipped my mind. You're absolutely right. This is definitely one of the most iconic blasters. I mean, it, it could be argued as like the second most iconic, uh, yeah. second only to Han. Um, this, that, that shot of Leia holding it up close to her face mm-hmm. uh, on the Tantive floor it is the iconic Leia shot. And it's that... It's a character-defining shot, right? Because Mm -hmm. it shows you who she is as a character, someone who's going to stand up for herself, Mm -hmm. someone who doesn't require protection even though she's a princess. Um, She doesn't need her security guards around her to to defend herself. She has her own weapon. Uh, She has her own vibe to her. Uh, As she says in the movie, somebody has to save her skins. And it's going to be her. And that's that's her character within itself. And that shot shows you so much. And obviously that blaster design is so cool. Uh, as you say, cool is uh, not something to be overlooked in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and this is definitely one of the coolest ones. And it, and it connects to the character so much, right? Yeah. We see a lot of ships connect to uh, their characters. But I feel like blasters can do something similar, and I feel like few other blasters do it quite like Satine's Lament with Leia. Well, look, you, you, what you just said is imagine sitting in the theater in 77, and you, this this crawl goes across the screen, and you, you hear a princess. She's in trouble, a princess in distress, and that's going to send you down a certain path, right? And yeah. you see the first thing you really see of her, you know, you're not sure it's a her, to, you know, giving a message to a droid. But this is really the first time you see Leia and the first time you acknowledge in your like, oh, this is the princess. Oh, she's in distress. Boom. Nope. She's got a blaster. Now she gets, uh, you know, to get stunned uh, right away, uh, all that kind of stuff. But like um, this is like you said, this is our introduction. She's ready to go. This is the pr- princess of a different sort. And that's one of the reasons I love it. I, and also just in terms of the design, in terms of a, um, you know, a smaller, uh, you know, I don't even want to call it, it is kind of a holdout blaster. That, that term gets used a lot. I mean, the scout troopers have it too, but just like a tiny little ankle blaster. No, it's her main weapon. And I love the name that it's a Defender Sporting Blaster Pistol. Like you could get it in mm. Big Five for sporting. Um, <laughs> uh, I just enjoy that. And, and then and now the, the bigger connection to... Uh, 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 Satine's lament uh, to Duchess uh, Satine cries. Um, it's all there. I love Leia. Everyone uh, knows that. Everyone out there, you should love Leia too. She's so important to the Star Wars story, mm. and this is her signature weapon, which is why it's number one on my list. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because it also co- it's a commentary on. I mean, even the name is a commentary on mm-hmm. just Alderaan in general, right? Yeah. Considering it's considered a peaceful planet, she says it has no weapons, and the right. kind of weapons it does have 
she mm. uses it for stun, right? I mean, obviously, she's yeah. Well, not... I should say she does. She does take it. I don't want anyone to correct me. Uh, oh, that's I, correct. I she, yeah, you're she, right. She gets stunned. I did say she stunned a stormtrooper. No, she. I meant okay. She stuns Poe, but she takes out the stormtrooper. I declare even better. You, you and I clearly have been in one too many trivia contests in our yes. life. Yes, um, but yes, but no, but but the fact that it's a defender sporting blaster pistol, yeah. would align with a little bit of the of the uh, the ethos there in Alderaan. So I, I yeah. do think that lines up. Yeah, absolutely, because. Um, is using it for defense and, and it's yeah. got a very uh it's got a great look that shows you that this isn't necessarily something that's designed for uh complete annihilation yeah, yeah. <laughs> like other blasters like the annihilator yeah um for example but yeah that's an absolutely great choice mm. uh for sure my number one you can use it in battlefront too but we are up to Andres Cabrera's number one choice for the best blaster in Star Wars, sir. I give the mic to you. Yeah, my number one is not as cool as yours. I'm just realizing. Uh, that's, <laughs> I don't think that's the case at all. Um, so my number one is back to, uh, it goes all the way back to 2002, um, at least for me. Yeah. Uh, and that is Attack of the Clones, obviously. Uh, it's one of my favorite characters and one that means so much to me. Django Fett. Nice. The first time I ever saw this scene, it blew my mind. Django Fett versus Obi-Wan. Yeah. And he pulls out the Westar 34 blaster pistols, double dueling blasters oh, yeah. uh, as Obi-Wan is blocking them. And he's, he's flying in midair and blasting them in midair. Uh, yeah. I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Uh, and then obviously it leads oh, up yeah. to the Petronaki arena. Mm-hmm. Or R.I.P. Coleman Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He takes out a Jedi with it. Obviously, yeah. kind of a surprise attack, but still, he takes out a Jedi with it. Damn straight. Uh, and when he twirls it and puts it back in his holster, I lost it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As a 10-year-old kid, I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. That might be my favorite character in the movie, but my, might be my favorite blaster I've ever seen, considering the ease of use, considering the Western style of it mm. um, and considering it, it fits so well with his bounty hunters uh, type character, his Western type character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love this blaster. And obviously to me, it was a toss up between the West star 34 and the West star 35, to be honest, cause mm. I love Sabine Wren. Yeah. Um, and I think Sabine Wren has a completely different style to her, obviously than Django Fett, but it still fits that Mandalorian. Sure. Double, double wielding, blaster vibe that she has going on that's kind of similar to Django okay. when it comes to her style of uh of firing weapons yeah um but i had to go with the classic one the one that made me fall in love in the theaters uh and it's the west star 34 blaster pistol my friend you're saying not a cool choice this is absolutely a cool design a great blaster uh and i love a west star talk about western there you go they they yeah. made it it's a it's a custom fit uh custom made uh, blaster pistol set for Django because they modified the handles so you could have lower weight for a faster draw i mean this is western all the way to its core which is again ties to Dinjarin's uh, blaster pistol it's what's yes. there and then the sound we always talk about the seismic charges mm. uh, one of my favorite sounds in star wars when that, that fight with obi-wan just that is a great sequence and just the sounds of of the blaster and especially when it comes back again on geonosis yeah i'm on board for this this is a uh, a wonderful choice and i love your perspective of your in that generation that this is one of the first blasters you really connected with and that yeah. makes a ton of sense and fits in in my final ramble on this and i'll kick it back to you here but 
the designs of a lot of those prequels, you talked about the Padme uh, holdout blaster, but a lot of the designs of the prequel era do speak of another era in the galaxy. Uh, the sleeker, less bulkier designs uh, that we got familiar with in the original trilogy era. era. Just I'm talking in story. Um, and, I, and, it, and it lines up with that too and just kind of continued that aesthetic that I actually really love about the prequel designs. Yeah, I mean, obviously, what we love about the original trilogy is kind of the worn out, mm-hmm. rustic look of a lot of uh, what's inside this universe because this is the era of the Empire. Yeah. Um, so a lot of stuff has kind of been tossed aside or reused versus the prequels, which has much more sleeker designs, uh, mm-hmm. a lot more cleaner, I guess is a better word to use. Right. Um, obviously, there's that even that little scene in, uh, in Phantom Menace when... Uh, Sabe tells Padme to clean R2-D2. Yeah. Um, but everything is clean, pristine, clear, shiny, chrome. Right. Uh, a very mass. <laughs> yeah. Shiny and chrome. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of the vibe that, that they were going for and that, that Django had. Django was a, was a cleaner, sleeker version of a Boba, right? Yeah. Um, considering his armor was like bluish and, and oh, silver. yeah, yeah. It, it, it just fit his character so well to have a have a, a chrome looking uh, Western looking blasters, which I, I I fell in love with as soon as he pulled them out and started firing at Obi Wan. I was like, that is so cool. <laughs> I can only imagine you being ten in a theater, yeah. and here I am. I'm I'm a little bit older than you, obviously. I'm sitting in the theater uh, and and still kind of being dub- a little dubious about what I'm seeing in the prequels. And then you know the seismic charges have emerged, and I'm like, okay, okay. I have to admit that's kind of that's kind of cool. I like the sound of that. And then this fight comes up, and then and then Django pulls out these blasters. I'm on board, you know. Even if I didn't want to admit it, I was like, okay, they got me. I, I, yeah. I, I like this sequence a lot. So, oh man, yeah. That, I think choice. it fits so well with with everything inside Attack of the Clones as far as the the sleekness, the coolness. I, I, I mm-hmm. could talk about the core two air speeder. Mm. Uh, shout out to Zam Wessel. Yeah, oh I think yeah, yeah. That, I, I think that is one of the coolest looking speeders ever. Um, mm-hmm. And the sound of it as it passes by the the buildings in Coruscant is such a good sound design. Yeah, it, it sounds like a screech. Uh, almost like a creature yelling as it flies by. It's incredible. Yeah, Attack of the Clones is great, man. I, I love that movie. <laughs> uh, hey, it's a, it's a uh, it's a fair choice, fair choice indeed, and a great way to close out our uh, show here today and our list of the best blasters in Star Wars. Django Fett. And by the way, it's interesting to note that two of your choices are blasters that Obi Wan Kenobi got tangled up with. Yeah, it shows you uh, my Obi Wan bias. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I love that. Uh, we could go on and on about the blasters, but we are going to wrap up here. Andres Cabrera, I can't thank you enough, as always, for coming in and just uh, bringing some depth and fun to the Star Wars conversations. Uh, congratulations again for your big tournament win in the movie trivia showdown. I don't know who to root for when you take on Alex for that title. Uh, both will be winners in my book. But I want everyone here on Force Center to know what you're doing, including some of the updated stuff, even if they know um, who you are and when maybe they're uh, been following your stuff before, but you got some cool stuff you guys are working on over there. So let everyone know. Yeah, obviously, uh, follow my channel at first cut, uh, on YouTube. It's my YouTube channel with my buddies, RB3 and Sabrina. Uh, we do movie reviews. We just released one, uh, later today. Uh, we do live streams every Wednesday. So you can tune in with us and have different conversations about movies. 
uh, yeah, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. So make sure you guys tune in because we have guests. Uh, we have new shows coming up. So a lot of stuff is going on with First Cut. So make sure you guys tune in to that. That is uh, a, a must. You guys should do that. Support uh, those folks. Uh, I love everything they got going on over there. And love talking Star Wars with you. I hope you keep doing it uh, everywhere you can. Uh, as for me, you can go to catnapsock.com and find out all the things I'm doing, including my new baseball podcast feed, Box Score Heroes, or pick up a copy of my book, why we love Star Wars. There's some blaster talk in there for sure. If you want to follow Force Center, if you haven't all already done so, uh, go find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Star Wars Rank to join the conversation with your list, maybe for a favorite blaster in Star Wars. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Subscribe over there. We got show and tell and other content going on there. And you can support us on tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center if you want to get a cool shirt. If you want to support the show directly, go to patreon.com slash Force Center. A lot of cool things happen there you guys make it possible including like the new uh theme music that we have here on star wars rank so that is it for andres for all the cool blasters in star wars we'll see you next time star wars has been ranked Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.